I always forget to do that. And then it bites me, bites me afterwards. Hello and welcome to a uniquely special episode of The Loden, a United Theatre podcast hosted by me, Lee Metzger. Sometimes I forget my name. I'm, I'm sure that happens to everybody. Not unique to me, unlike this episode, which is a unique episode. Today I'm going to just be talking about some of the movies that I've seen recently here at the United Theatre, because I've been, I've, I've amped it up. I've amped it, I've ramped it, I've revamped it, um, and, and I've been watching a lot of movies, so, uh, so let's talk about them. First movie I watched, I watched Dungeons and & Dragons, and if you're a listener to the Loden, you probably already know this. I'm a I'm a big D and D fan. I'm a big D and D guy. I like playing Dungeons and Dragons. I usually have a D twenty on me. I don't. I guess that's because I missed a perception check and somebody slight of handed it off of me. Slight of hand. Slit. Slight. Slighted. The dice was slighted off of me. Um. I so yeah. I don't have my dice. Um. But I did watch the movie, and. I actually watched it twice, and actually a shout-out to the uh, Westerly Library D&D Club that showed up in, in mass. We had about a dozen folks from over there come on over and join us for the uh, premiere night um, showing, and that was incredible. We had priests, we had rogues, we had bards, we had wizards, we had sorcerers, we had tieflings. Uh, we, we There were some horns in the... Uh, in the audience and that was incredible to, to see you know we have a very diverse community here and you know we accept all walks of life that even includes elves we're talking orcs we're talking gnomes halflings we're talking about Aarakocra, um Sverf Neblins um I'm talking hobgoblins goblins I'm talking about friggin gnolls what y'all know about gnolls but yeah we uh we welcomed all of them into the theater uh, last Wednesday, and that was incredible. The movie itself is dope. Something that I think resonated with me specifically is how the um, the directors um, they they knew what the consumer wanted out of that. They knew that they didn't want some incredibly serious take. They wanted something that felt like they were at the table with you. So. For instance, there there was a there was a moment in the movie where the uh, the the party was together and and they had to decide th- they were going to go down into the underdark, which is this um, cavernous world that exists below the crust of the earth. Um, but to get down there, they had to go down a rope, and this is something that's happened at every single table at every single D and D session ever recorded by man or beast. Uh, and the sorcerer is like, I'll go last. And it may have been a throwaway line for some people, but it was it's the attention to detail that like whenever you are procedurally making your way through a dungeon or whatever, um, it, there's always, all right, who's going first and who's going last? And usually it's the it's the um, the glass cannons that that are at the end of the line. The, the characters that have you know six hit, six hit points or the low armor class but these these uh these individuals who would be first to die and those are usually at the last so having the sorcerer say I go last I mean it may have just been a throwaway line but it meant something to me 
and and I appreciated seeing that. And um, you know, there was a bunch of stuff. There were like the the mimic, the the chest that turns into a gaping maw with the a tongue, a, a prehensile tongue that can grab you. Um, it was cool seeing that. Displacer beasts. Displacer beasts are dope. For those who aren't, um, uh, who who haven't played Dungeons and Dragons, a displacer beast is a panther-like creature that has two tentacles that come out of its back. Um, it it also has an innate ability to um, use a, a a spell like ability called blur, which makes it difficult to really see where they are. So it's um it, it's something that's unique to them. The spell isn't it's the spell itself isn't un, unique, but the spell like ability is. Um, gelatinous cube that like burns the body with acid until it just turns to skeletons loved seeing that um i will say they were pretty uh pretty loose with the druid's capabilities i think at one point the druid cast wild shape seven times in one day without a short rest and i think we can all agree that's not reality okay (laughs) that wouldn't pass at my table um but uh yeah it was incredible seeing um all sorts of stuff uh the druid also turned into not only a monstrous uh, creature uh, the owlbear but also uh, a very minute creature a um like a worm and a fly now if the druid was able to cast the uh, wild shape and and able to in effect um create themselves into a diminutive uh creature or maybe even smaller than diminutive um that's a pretty high level caster. So uh, that would also mean that they would be able to cast high high level spells. And, you know, I don't know. This is a little bit nitpicky, but I thought it was amazing. I'm not actually mad at all that stuff. I think it's dope. Um, to, just to see my, my hobby um, uh, represented on screen was meant a lot to me. And, and that was dope. And I can't, I really hope this movie does well. Um, because I, I want to see where they go with these characters. I, I, I just, and I enjoyed it. You know, D and D has been depicted on screen multiple different ways over the past deck, a couple decades. And it went from this, like, you know, super serious thing to then like this, uh, like nerdy, goofy thing that should be punched down on. And, and now it's like this thing that doesn't take itself seriously. It has these moments of heart and charm, but it also, um, has you know goofiness that that you get um, on uh, at a at, at your own table, so I enjoyed it. The other movie I saw was uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm. Now that movie was fun, uh, a similar kind of movie that the you know these movies shouldn't be treated the same as uh, you know even stuff that is considered kind of goofy like the Marvel movies or. Um, Star Wars or I mean well Star Wars is kind of for kids like this movie is for kids but it's also for the people who have played Super Mario Brothers for the past 50 years Um, so I think that they do a really good job of making it fun and making it accessible while still telling a compelling story sure it's a pretty the the plot moves um so it's a pretty quick moving movie, but I don't think we lose a lot from that. I think that the characters, I mean, we all know the characters. Nobody's nobody's going to see Super Mario Brothers and being like, who are these people? They're plumbers? They're Italian? 
They go through pipes? Who's a prince? A princess peach? So, um, I think that we can, we don't really need to go through that whole, like, you know, really let these scenes breathe and have these emotional, I, I don't know. Um, but for what it's worth, I think that they did an incredible job prioritizing the things that we did want to see on screen. Like we saw a bunch of like platform. It, there was right at the beginning of the movie, there was this really cool scene where Mario and Luigi are running through Brooklyn and it starts as a, um, a, uh, a medium shot of them running away from the camera. And then it slowly pans around to a, uh, a side view perpendicular to them. Now they're running um, across the street, across the camera. And I remember sitting in the movie theater as this is happening, being like, oh, here we go. We're going to now it's happening. And, you know, and he's bouncing. He's jumping on like he's jumping on the platforms. And I thought it was really, really dope because um, it's like, you know, what do you want to see there? There there was this um, joke a while ago uh, during the Han Solo movie. Um, people were goofing on like, oh, uh, so that's where Han Solo got his jacket. I'm glad that we spent all that time figuring that out. Was it Han Solo? Was it somebody else's jacket? Or like, well, the Han Solo with the, the, the dice hanging in the mirrors. I don't remember, but it's this whole like, oh my God, I can't believe we spent 20 minutes of screen time finding out, oh, that's how, you know, so-and-so got that's how he got lando's uh millennium falcon which for what it's worth that portion in the movie was really good and fun and i liked watching it uh, i thought they did an incredible uh, an incredibly good job at giving the consumer what they were looking for and what i was looking for is a fun platformer with chris pratt doing his um italian voice by the way I thought it was great. I thought Chris Pratt did a great job. I thought Charlie Day did a good job. Keegan Michael Key. I had I, I completely had no idea that that was Fred Armisen who plays Cranky Kong. It was it was from top to bottom just a great time. I really enjoyed it. So, I mean, this was going to be kind of a quick episode. It's just to to um, for a little peek behind the curtain. Box office culture and the load in are going to be switching places. So next week is going to be box office culture. And then the load in and et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's why this one is coming out this week. Um, in the meantime, um, thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you have a comment, please feel free to leave it um, in our in a, in a review. I will read the reviews on camera. I will I'll read the reviews um, live. Um, you know, quote unquote live on the show. And um, I'd love to hear back from you. Let me know what your favorite part was in Dungeons and & Dragons and, um, and, and your favorite part in, um, in Super Mario Brothers. I'd love to hear back from you. For a final grade for Dungeons & Dragons, I give D&D um, a 9.3 out of 10. And for Super Mario Brothers, I give that an 8.5 out of 10. So... Uh, this was the load in. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.